Hey everybody, this is what happened at Snapshot this past week. We're on week two of our Stranger Things series, and we looked at the clip where Billy saves Elle at the very end of season three. And we asked the question, are there any people that are so bad that they can't be redeemed? Let's get into it. All right, guys, so again, we checked out from season three the scene called Billy Saves L. If you look it up on YouTube, you'll find it. You can watch it. There's a big scary monster. Heads up. <laughs> but the whole point of this, the uh, reason we watch this is we ask the question, are there any people that are so bad that they cannot be redeemed? If you've watched the show, you know, Billy's not exactly the best guy, right? Um, he, he does a lot of really bad stuff, treats people really terribly, kind of doesn't care about anyone else except for himself. And... Then he gets taken over by this like evil creature that's trying to like take over the town, destroy the world, probably, right? And the only person who can stop that creature is L. So Billy is pretty much the whole time trying to go after L in the series to get rid of her, right? Because that's the only thing standing in the creature's way from winning, probably. So we we see this really bad guy, but then at the end, he something changes, something clicks, and he fights against the monster. Ends up losing, but he saves L's life. And then L ends up defeating the monster. So one of the most beautiful things about that part of the story is I think it has some really deep truths. And it. it's not just like some corny TV show or like even like necessarily a cliche of how people turn good or something, right? Like he didn't like turn into the best person ever, but he like did something self-sacrificing. And here's why. Um, there's a moment at the end where he's literally holding Elle down, waiting for this monster to come eat her. And then Elle starts talking to him because she um, has kind of like mind melded with him and like can see some, had seen some of his memories. And throughout the, se- throughout the season, you figure out kind of why Billy's a bad guy, right? Like some of the junk that happened to him in his life when he was younger and how that affected how he is today. And she starts kind of talking to him about that. And she starts sharing with him um, these memories. And she's like saying, I see you as a person, right? Like, I know why you feel the way you do. And I'm sorry you went through that pain. Like, she's kind of doing that while he's sitting there trying to wait for her to be eaten by this creature, right? Like, while he's holding her down. And in that time, she shows him his humanity, which even before he was taken over by this monster, he didn't really see, right? And I think that's a really beautiful thing because it it's the biggest tool we have as Christians, I think, to reach people no matter where they are, whatever they think about God, whatever they think about religion, whatever they think about Jesus. Um, they could be very against it. They could think they're so far off and gone. They can think all these crazy thoughts. But if we just show them their humanity um, and show them that someone sees them as a person of worth and value um, that goes way farther than you'll ever know right it's one of the most amazing things that we can do as christians and that's why we showed that clip because it kind of shows no no one's so far off that they can't be redeemed right like this guy was completely done other reason i love watching that clip is because it reminds us he's taken over by this monster by this darkness right and when we let ourselves be completely turned over to sin uh 
that's what it looks like, right? We, we get taken over by this darkness and it twists us and warps us and makes us do things to people that we don't necessarily want to do that aren't necessarily good, but eh, that's kind of what happens when we let sin control our lives. So we got some Bible verses that will kind of highlight some of that stuff, but that's kind of the, the main thrust of what that clip was about. The first verse we looked at is 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. This is Paul talking to Timothy, right? So he's writing this letter to, to one of his younger followers who he's put in charge of some churches. He says, How true it is, and how I long that everyone should know it, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Paul's saying, And I was the greatest among them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as an example to show everyone how patient he is with even the worst sinners, so that others will realize that they, too, can have everlasting life. This is amazing, right? Paul, a guy who used to kill Christians because he thought they were heretical and not... Uh, honoring the real God, has an encounter with Jesus, understands that Jesus is the manifestation of the God who created everything, and the way that God tries to get our attention to show us how deeply he cares for us. And then Paul gives his life, ultimately, for the opportunity to tell other people about Jesus, right? Complete 180. (laughs) And he's saying, I was one of the worst sinners. Like, I literally had people killed And God can forgive me. He was patient with me. He can be patient with you, right? That's an amazing testimony. I know some guys who uh, have done some prison ministry who some of them spent time in prison and now one of them's a pastor. And when he gets to share his story with people who have been in similar situations as him and he gets to say, God changed my life. Jesus changed my life. He does offer me forgiveness and I know that I'm forgiven. That's a powerful thing to say to someone who thinks that they can't be forgiven. When our society maybe tells them through um, the actions, even after they get out of prison, that they're not really forgiven because they can't get a job, they can't vote, all of these things. But when that guy stands up there and tells them, hey, I know Jesus forgave me and he changed my life. This is what it looks like. He can do it for you too. It's an amazingly powerful thing, right? So thinking about that verse though, how do you think Paul felt having been forgiven after all the terrible stuff he did, right? We talked about it on Sunday night and a lot of people were like, well, when you feel, when you feel forgiven, right? Like, like, that's great. But sometimes you don't feel like you deserved it. Right. And I'm sure that that had to be how Paul felt sometimes. Like, I don't deserve this. He's kind of saying it, but like, I mean, understanding that, yes, it's a great gift, but then there are times where you feel like, no, God, like, please don't like, why did you forgive me? Like, I don't deserve that. You know, like we all feel that way. Paul felt that way. Right. So, um, but then Paul realized that that forgiveness wasn't just for him. It was for him to use and it empowered him to share that story and empowered him to share the forgiveness of Christ with everyone he talked to. Next question we asked was, how do you think other Christians felt about it, about Paul being forgiven? Did they think it was fair? Some of them probably rejoiced. Some of them probably thought it was unfair, right? Um, Paul, when he goes around and preaches, Every city he goes in, think about it. There are people who are probably terrified of him and thinking it's a trap and thinking he's trying to figure out who the Christians are so he can go hunt them down later, right? 
people probably rubbed it in his face all the time. Well, weren't you guy, that guy that killed Christians? How can we trust you? We can't believe this guy. He's trying to, you know. And sometimes uh, the enemy uses that and other people use God's forgiveness to attack us, right? Like they still hold these things over us. But um, it says in Isaiah that God blots out our sins and remembers them no more. Um, that's an amazing promise, right? So, I mean, this really gets to the central question of why Jesus came, right? Did he come just to like model stuff for us? Did he come just to say some nice teachings? No, he came to die on the cross. I mean, to show us the depth of God's love for us and to offer us um, a pathway for forgiveness, for justice, to know that any uh, penalty for sin has been completely paid. If that was a, a barrier in our mind, he wants to knock that down. Jesus says, no, I got you. You're with me. All right. So this is from Mark chapter 2, verses 16 through 17. Um, and there's, again, Jesus going back and forth with the Pharisees like he does a lot. But it says, when the teachers and religious leaders um, who were called the Pharisees saw him, Jesus, eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples. This is kind of fun because they didn't go to Jesus. They didn't have enough guts to go to him and say this. They had to kind of go to his disciples, right? Um, and they say, why does he eat with such scum? Just stop right there before we get back into Jesus's answer. These are people who are supposed to love God. There's the leaders of their people. They're supposed to be showing and exemplifying for people what it looks like to follow God. And they're willing to call other people scum. Like, take time to think about that one. So when Jesus heard this, right, um, they didn't talk to him when Jesus hears this. <laughs> he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Jesus gets in a really good dig there, right? He didn't come for those who think they're righteous, right? But those who know they're sinners, right? All of us can think we're perfect, but that's not really true, right? Like we know we make mistakes. We know we act selfishly. We know we lash out in anger. We know we're too fearful. We know we're all this stuff. All of us, all of these balls of emotions that go awry. Um, and Jesus is like, if you think that you're perfect, I don't know if you're going to listen to me, but I can speak to those people who know that there's something broken in their lives and want it to be different, right? That's awesome. <laughs> That's why Jesus came. So that way people who feel like they're adrift or too far gone or, or too sick or too wrong, that they can be healed, right? So um, the last verse we looked at is the most famous verse um, for us Christians normally, um, in the New Testament, John three sixteen, but we don't just stop at 16 because there's a lot of context there. Um, we're going to read on through verse 21. So this is Jesus talking. He says, for God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that anyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God did not send his son in the world to condemn it but to save it. That's verse 17. I love verse 17 just as much as verse 16, maybe a little more, right? He didn't send his son in the world to condemn it, but to save it. That shows us God's heart. Jesus from his very own mouth is saying, God's not here to be judgy. He's not here to make you feel terrible, but he is here to save you. 
Moving on to verse 18. There is no eternal doom awaiting those who trust him to save them. But those who don't trust him have already been tried and condemned for not believing in the only Son of God. Their sentence is based on this fact, that the light from heaven came into the world, but they loved the darkness more than the light, for their deeds were evil. They hated the heavenly light. Light is capitalized, by the way. Jesus talking about himself. Because they wanted to sin in the darkness. They stayed away from the light for fear their sins would be exposed and that they would be punished. But those doing right came gladly to the light to let everyone see that they are doing what God wants them to. Here Jesus, again, is kind of, if we throw it back to what we talked about with Billy in the clip from Stranger Things, right? He's taken over by this darkness, by this evil thing. And Jesus here is explaining that very phenomenon that happens within us when people decide that they love their sin more than they want to love anything else that they would rather hold on to this destructive pattern of thinking these destructive actions more than they would care about any other person about god or even about themselves and jesus is saying when people do that they want to stay in darkness because first of all, they don't want their sins to be found out. They might be embarrassed, but even if they're not embarrassed, they don't want to be punished. So people will act out, react angrily if, if you even bring up God, or maybe not even if you bring up God, but if you're just a person who has the Holy Spirit kind of like flowing out of you, you have this kindness and this grace and this mercy that's just like part of who you are, and people see it, and they get really grumpy and mad at you, don't take offense. They're seeing Christ in you. You should kind of be excited about that. Actually, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, it's okay if people get mad at you and persecute you for telling the world about me, right? He's like, in fact, it's wonderful, right? So uh, just uh, the reason we talked about this this week, guys, is because we want you to know that, no, there's no one so bad that they cannot be redeemed, right? That verse, God loved the world. There's no qualifiers, if you live here on earth, or I guess if we start sending people to Mars, that'll work too, right? But God loved so much that he was willing to give his life. He didn't want to come to condemn, but he came to save. He came to save the worst of sinners, as Paul said. Um, he doesn't see anyone as scum like the religious leaders did. And we need to make sure if we are following Jesus that we don't think that way of any person, but we see them the way Jesus did. Um, desiring for their salvation, desiring for them to be made whole and to understand what it means to have a relationship with God, right? Healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. He didn't come to call those who think they're righteous, but those who know they are sinners. So if he sent us out, we should have the same attitude. We shouldn't just go talk to the people who think they got it all together, the people who think they're righteous, or the people who think they're living the right kind of life. But we should have real, true conversation with people who know they're struggling, who know that there's broken things in their life and want to turn it over to God. And we're all in the same boat on that. So go out there, show people God's love, invite people, talk to them about the grace and mercy that God has shown you. Um, I'll end with the story really quick of, if you guys have been in youth group, you've heard it, but uh, my real father, that was a thing, right? Like we were estranged. I didn't see him from the time I was like four years old until I was 18. He 
did terrible things in our family. He was drunk. He was abusive. He wasn't a good guy. I didn't like him most of my life. But then Jesus got a hold of my life when I was a teenager and, and changed my heart around it. And it was like, you need to offer this man forgiveness. Yeah, he did something terrible. And he didn't make up for it in any way, shape, or form. He didn't deserve to be forgiven. But Jesus is like, you didn't deserve to be forgiven either. <laughs> Forgive him. And I saw him as a human being. I met him when he was sick in the hospital. Um, dying of cancer, and I got to show him that he was a human being and tell him that Jesus loved him, and that changed his life. It was a very short time, but it opened the door for the love of Jesus to get in because he didn't think, because of the wrong he had done to me and my family and my mom, that he could be forgiven. And when, because of Jesus, and I gave Jesus all the glory, I was like, I'm not doing this because I, I'm strong or good. It's because Jesus forgave me, and he wants to forgive you too. It's an amazing story. You don't have to be an amazing preacher and know everything about the Bible. If Jesus has forgiven you, and you can talk about it and, and tell that story and share that with someone else and share how you really felt about yourself, and then share that he can do that for you too. Um, that's all you need to do. And the Holy Spirit takes care of the rest. Love you guys. Take care.